Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Intervention, Crystal Spring, Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're joined by Dave Clucky of Pig Easy to talk about his journey in agriculture and some really cool things that they're doing with feeding. How are you doing today? Doing great, Matthew. So, uh, winter, storm's coming through. Sound like you lost power at your house this morning. So, you've, you've had a big day. We have. It was uh, early morning and kind of a long morning, but everything's, everything's powered up and we're back, uh, back in full operation. So, things, it's all good. I loved how you hopped on. You said power, no power at the house, but at least we have power at the pig farm. I'm like, that is, that is the, that is the essence of agriculture right there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we can put more clothes on, but we can't do a whole lot to help the pigs if we don't got power. Yep. That's right. Right. So I'd love to start off just by talking about an award you just got. You received the Iowa Farm Bureau's Distinguished Service Award and congratulations. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Can you talk a little bit about what that award is is meant to um, entail and and what that meant to you? Um, you know, I think um, what it's meant to entail and, and uh, knowing some of the previous recipients, it's just uh, having been around a while and, and uh, just displayed a commitment to uh, agriculture for a long period of time and, and um uh, uh, really, I was floored by the honor, quite honestly. So, yeah, it was it was great. Those are always the best ones, the ones you don't see coming or the ones you don't expect. And then when you yeah, get it, yeah, exactly. Humbling. I, I, it was. It was, uh, I think, what was uh, humbling times two for me is uh, last year's recipient was uh, Dr. Paul Armbrick. And uh, Paul is... A longtime friend, um, mentor, and our veterinarian. So, yeah, that was pretty pretty honored to and uh, to to follow him up in that in that slot. One thing I've recognized from individuals who have gone through their career and received these types of awards is that when they go up and they talk about the award, they really don't talk about themselves all that much. They're they're so honored because of everybody else that they saw get the award and really never saw themselves in that person's shoes so it's it's really cool to see you on in that kind of a, a light you definitely deserve it and that's why Thank i'd love you. to talk with you because i think you've got an amazing story we've had a chance to talk about it but i'd love everybody else to hear it so could you just start out by telling me how you got involved in agriculture what were the early years like and and how did you get in, into pig production certainly so um you know I grew up Born, born and grew up on a family farm. Um, child number six out of seven. 
um, the youngest youngest son. Um, in you know, I think relevant to the story is uh, my my dad was not a young man as I got into my you know formative teen years, so uh, was helping a lot, and uh, he and both my parents were very good at um, being open minded, letting you do things, letting you try things, and uh, you know love the life on the farm and the ability to, uh, you know, uh, use my mechanical skills. Uh, my dad probably wasn't the most mechanical guy in the world, so he relied on me. My oldest brother was also pretty mechanical, had left for college by the time I was, you know, 10, 11 years old. So um, he leaned on me a lot. Um, he kind of put the welder in my hand and said, you know, this needs fixed. <laughs> and so, and and you know, I, I would do that at a young age. A lot of, a lot of. He was primarily uh, a livestock producer. The crops were grown to feed the livestock, pure and simple. And so, uh, that's kind of the my background. So I grew up uh, following him around, and uh, so back in that that day, those days, as we often hear, you know. Uh, there's no television, no internet. Um, you could only do so much in the house. And so you were quickly happy to go outside and do something a little more interesting. It is true. There's, there was a limit on what you could do in the house and that, that has changed so much. Do you, do you have any fond memories or, um, or challenges that you went through in your childhood, uh, or just that you remember your family and the farm had to go through? Um, you know, being, being the youngest boy, um, I mean, I, I got in, put on the tractor driver's seat to drive the baler at seven years old. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's been, and we had a lot of hay and oats because raised cattle and hogs. And it just seemed all I did all summer was drive that baler. I mean, I, I look forward in watching my brothers back hay on the racks. I couldn't wait for the day, you know, that I would be old enough to stack hay on the rack. You wouldn't think that would be the case, but, um, <laughs> So, yeah, it was that and, um, you know, just spending uh, a lot of time um, alongside my dad um, out in the working with the livestock, you know, and you you learn a lot just by example. And he was, you know, a man, a few words, always, I repeat a lot of the Whips, you know, the one-liners that he often would would say uh, while we were out working to, to my kids. And they always wonder where they all come from. But you have any examples? Uh, sure. Um, you know, if my brother and I weren't keeping up as far as uh, pooping grain or cleaning out hog barns, uh, he'd often say something like, that's right, boys. Pour the old broom out first. <laughs> you know, we're just not uh, not keeping up with him. So uh, he'd let you know. That's how he would let you know. Um, you know, a lot of the things like Shearworthers Wall. Let's not make this harder than it has to be. Um, you know, just just a lot of things like that. That's cool. So, when did pigs become a thing? It sounds like 
there was a transition at some point. Yeah, well, uh, I uh, went to Iowa State after graduating high school in 79. Um, was there 80, and in the spring of 81, uh, my dad had a stroke, uh, passed away six months later, not even six months later. Um, and uh, so, not that I was uh, really, college was not my thing, so it's not like I was probably going to stay there anyway, but I did uh, then come home and, and started farming uh, with my brother, um, just rolling right into the farm crisis at that point in time. Uh, and so... What was that like? What was that like, having um, to kind of take over the farm without much notice, right? You're, you're leaving school. Yep. Um, lost your dad, but then also yep. you're rolling in the 80s. Mm-hmm. That was pretty brutal. Um, you know, uh, there were obviously plenty of farmers uh, far more seasoned than I was that, that uh, it hit hard. I often say in hindsight is, um, fortunately, I was... I wasn't at it long enough to have dug myself much of a hole. <laughs> you know, that was really the saver. Not that um, I did anything um, better than anybody else that may not have survived, but just the fact that um, I hadn't been at it really that long. That Not that we didn't have our challenges because, you know, we had we had some debt. And when that interest rate goes from 7% to 18% in like no time flat, that's that's quite a shock to the system at the same time commodity prices were in the tank so you really uh just muddled through it absolutely muddled through it um and then you know within a uh at the same time getting married uh, a couple years later having kids yeah it was it was getting by on the skin in your teeth but but we did and one of those things was we made the wisest decision to quit feeding cattle and uh focused on our purebred hog operation that we were running at the time and had uh know really good success doing that and so um what did that operation look like the purebred hog operation it was a uh, hundred sows and my dad was uh in that business and had purebred spots um and we kind of expanded into large whites and uh some hampshires and uh, you know did really well uh for a number of years and then pseudorabies comes around and the pseudorabies uh, testing, vaccination, and I think we went through cleanup twice. I mean, we're in Carroll County, Iowa. We're raising hogs outside. Uh, that's a tall ask to try to stay clean of something like that at the time. And um, so you struggle through that for two, three years in, in the mid-80s after having some really good years. Um, and then uh, really in that period of time, you, things were just changing. Uh, for the industry in the late 80s. Um, when do you remember hearing happened. about that change? Because, yeah, about, what was it, 87, 88, 89, it really started to move. Yep. You, you had the uh, um, larger producers um, getting larger. You had the seeds, uh, breeding stock companies really getting a foothold and um, uh, more emphasis on, on lean hogs and, and uh maternal genetics for the sows and so it was the rotational breeding was quickly fading away and the and so 
at that point in time, you could see the writing on the wall. Both my brother and I had uh, wives and young families to support, and we uh, had also uh, gotten on a co-op board, West Central Co-op, and learned of uh, an opportunity with farmland to do uh, to get into contract farrowing. Okay. And you know, it, it just looked like a great opportunity for us to be able to get uh, get it. You know, transition from our purebred operation into a, a a larger programmed production type of a system um, without a whole lot of a uh, lot of risk in being in the market. So we did that, and that uh, started that twelve hundred sows farrowed a feeder pig. Um, about five years later, um, expanded that to twenty six hundred sows farrowed a wean, and um, you know, it all went pretty well. Learned a lot. Learned, um, you know, I've been raising animals outside and raising purebreds and then uh, uh, taking it all inside into stall uh, uh, gestation barns. It was, there was a lot to learn, but a lot of the same things applied. And uh, where I formed a, uh, a, a friendship and a business relationship with uh, Dr. Paul Armbrecht, who really uh, helped, helped us a lot. Uh, through those transition years. It sounds, from a lot of people I talked to, it sounds like those were some fun years though. A lot of change, but it sounds yeah. like it was a lot of fun. There, yes. And, you know, learning is fun. Not always. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> some of those lessons are a little hard, but, you know, it, when, when you can see progress and you can see yourself uh, uh, growing and, and making progress and being successful in, in some of the changes you're making, yeah, it's fun. So when did you start Pig Easy and what inspired that in itself? So um, we bought uh, part of the uh, the farmland contract was uh, an attractive bio clause. So we bought out the sow herd um, from farmland and became independent producers at the end of our uh, production contract. Uh, at that point in time, we sold some wean pigs for a few years and then uh, formed a partnership uh, with Nutritech, a management company, uh, and uh, to retain ownership of the pigs through Grow Finish. And uh, so those were another handful of busy years. But uh, I guess what I'm getting to is uh, Ben became uh, uh, fortunate where my oldest son, Ben, came back to the farm mm-hmm. and uh Join the operation, and you know he's a very capable young man. Um, probably, a, I would say, a better manager than I am. And you know, I think it's important at that age, as you get into um, you know your late twenties, it, 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 it's helpful for dad not to be. Too dominant of a force. I, I was lucky enough to make my mistakes and walk through them. And so I thought I had these ideas and I thought, well, I'll just kind of see where that goes. So I started Pig Easy and there again too. Uh, what year? Uh, that would have been in uh, 2012, I believe, 2012 or 13. Okay. Uh, and we had been selling some product. Actually, I 
to backtrack that a bit in, you know, uh, early on in our production um, with farmland, really when they got into, uh, we, hit, we had bores uh, for all natural mating. And when we started uh, artificial insemination, um, what was that, about 97, 98, when we expanded, um, you know, the industry, that was a big transition. That was a lot to learn on, on all ends. And um, the one thing we learned, and we had great employees uh, working in our, our breeding barn, but I remember we, we would always see at towards the uh, end of the week or later in, in the breed week, the total barn would drop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just really looking through the numbers, trying to figure out, well, what's causing this fading of the, of the born live. And after digging into it, it was really the sows at the end of the breed row. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And you'd have 60 sows in the breed row. In those last 10, 15 in the breed row um, would have lower total born. And... Yeah, Getting down there and watching it, the guys were almost doing too good of a job. They they were you know, one sow at a time, breeding one sow at a time. Well, it was taking them an hour and a half to get down that row. And those sows at the end of the row were just, frankly, coming out of standing heat. Hmm. And so you had lower conception rates, lower, lower tone, born live. And so uh, ultimately that brought about the birth of our AI saddle, is just figuring out a way instead of one person standing behind one sow, and holding the bottle, he can now breed four sows. And now you turn that hour and a half job into a half hour job. And we saw the total born come up at the end of the row. And someone came across that that was at my farm. And it kind of led to the, uh, the, the, you got to sell this. Yeah. got to sell this. I could sell this for you. <laughs> and we, and we did, and we sold tens of thousands of those. So that was really the first product. Um, and then, you know, a handful of others kind of followed. Um, really always the same premise is, you know, there's a problem here. Um, and it usually isn't, you think, oh, the staff isn't doing this right. It's just not being able to do it right. It's really about getting them the right tools uh, to be able to get the job done uh, most, both, both efficiently and effectively. And, you know, just back to the name of Pig Easy, you know, or like my dad used to say, let's not make her this harder than it has to be, right? Absolutely. You know, the easy is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. No, it, it isn't. It's what uh, we should all be striving to, like, make life easier. And I think, exactly. I think in the Midwest, especially with a uh, good farmer work ethic, uh, oh, we can't, don't need the easy way. Like, we'll, we can work hard. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, like, it's kind of contradicts some of the uh, the hard and fast and things that we're proud of is being yeah. hard workers. Well, we can yeah. still find the easy way and be hard workers. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that was, like I said uh, before, is being uh, the youngest son of, uh, of an older father at that point in time uh, goes back to another one of his quips. He'd always say, you know, too soon old, too late smart. You learn things as you get older, and you maybe find a little easier way of doing things. Especially back in that day, there was most of the stuff; it was just hard work. 
So what are some of the other products that have come out uh, that you guys have been working on? Well, we... After the saddle. After the saddle, um, I worked on a... Uh, really, after the saddle, worked on a, uh, a ventilation uh, concept of basically um, closing off the opening, the upper opening of a pit pump out. So the air is always being drawn uh, down at the lower, uh, right above the manure line. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had a study done on that, and, and that improved the air quality, you know, pretty dramatically across these four barns we studied, always removing that lowest air. Um, and it uh, also did a study where it reduced uh, propane um, consumption or heat, heat or run times quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, next thing I got to work on, really, and that's, that's I think, what Big Easy is uh, probably most well-known for, along with the AI saddle now, and that is the, uh, the feeding device, the meal meter. Yeah. Um, and that was really the same, same basic story. Is, uh, it just wasn't happening for us on Parity 1 Total Born. It was... Uh, Weak or total born um, wasn't what it could or should be, and it was. We felt like it was pretty obvious what it was. Is is you know the the intake on the gilts as they would come into the the breed barn um, would take them a while to come up to full feed, and uh, just studying that for a while uh, and tried a lot of different common sense approaches. Tried hand feeding them more often. Tried. A lot, a lot of different things to try to get the feed intake up, but it just appeared like these animals, while they were comfortable entering the stall, they really, it seemed like they had a hard time transitioning to eating like a sow. And, you know, in, in the grow finish pen, they get to eat whenever they want to um, and um, in the amount they want to eat. And so uh, I, I remember sitting down is, you know, they have this feed tube, sitting there, how can I feed, turn that feed tube into a dispenser type thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, allow them that, that feed tube to store the feed and and, um, and them dispense out of the feed tube. And, you know, I, I tell you what, it probably took, you know, an hour or two of thinking through about 50 different, different methods and probably, <laughs> I don't know, number of weekends working in the shop, but, you know, it, when it comes together, it comes together, and the the device was uh, made out of scrap parts to start with. I went to a friend of mine who ran a muffler shop and got some muffler tube, and we made a bunch of them and put them in in the breed row. Um, and it was night and day difference. You could see when those gilts would enter those breeding stalls, they could now dispense fresh feed when they wanted it, like they were used to. And we saw the intake go up. Um, and the really cool thing is they transition from eating like a market hog to eating like a sow in like two weeks' time. Oh, wow. Because they could stand around, they hear all the other sows stand up and squeal, drop feed. And, and so, but most importantly, our, our total born on those P1s went up like 1.4 pigs. Holy because, they're, yeah, their intake's better. And, you know, intake drives so much on these females. It's all... It all revolves around the intake. That's that. That's impressive. 
Yeah. And it sounds like you've been doing some research here lately as well. Do you want to talk about, I know it's fairly fresh, but you want to talk about some of the results that you guys are seeing? You bet. We, uh, we're pretty excited about the results. We're, I, excited, but not surprised. I mean, this is what we've seen. This is what we've had customer feedback on for a number of years on our lactation ball, the, the meal meter dispenser and our lactation ball. Um, it was done, uh, in a 60 stall room, uh, 30 uh, big easy feeders with meal meters. And these were actually 2.0 meal meters with the electronic monitoring device on it. And 30 kind of kind of standard uh, PVC pipe feeders with a PVC pipe in the corner of the feeders. Um, very common feeder in the industry. Um, so all the feed was mechanically weighed um, throughout lactation, uh, they did a caliper scoring of the sows as they entered the crate and a caliper scoring of the sows at weaning time. So, um, where do I start here? The, as far as uh, feed intake, um, the sows on our feeder averaged one and three quarter more feed per day intake. So like from 14 and a half to, to 16 and a quarter. Is that right? Yeah. But um, the. Well, uh, hold you to it. We, we, yeah, we, it was it was one point one point three four one and three fourths pounds more intake, um, which is an 11.8 percent increase. So a, a big percentage increase. Um, the measuring of their uh, loss of body conditioning, the sows on the dry feeders uh, lost. 14% body loss on the scoring, uh, sow caliper scoring. Uh, so our sows lost like 4%. So a 10% decrease in um, body scoring loss. So much better. Uh, the other really cool thing was um, there was 63 gallons less water used during lactation. Uh, using our feeder uh, versus the dry feeder. So you got better intake, better intake. Uh, sows performed better. Um, now, there was not a statistical difference in the uh, the wean weights uh, at the time, um, but uh, they did follow these pigs through the nursery. All the pigs were tagged, and they followed these pigs through the nursery, so they had a weight on them going in, and they weighed them uh, going out. And uh, the pigs, out of the Pig Easy crates, uh, sows using the Pig Easy feeder, uh, were two pounds heavier coming out of the nursery. That's no joke. It, that's that's a that's a big number, and um, you know, I, I don't like to throw "I told you so"s around, but I've been touting this for years. <laughs> is that <laughs> the uh, pigs on the pigs? One of the advantages of our feeder is that it, it's got a very low entry height, and you'll see pigs crawling in there all the time once they're a week old to two weeks old, and they're licking the feed out of the corners of the feeder. and And uh, I know there's some research done in the Netherlands, and it's called family feeding, and they tout the fact that pigs that eat out of the same bowl as the sow pick up her oral 
in her digestive biome, her gut biome. And we, you know, we read just so much these days about gut health in pigs. And yet we, we want to give them creep feed out of a different feeder and different feeds. Uh, maybe it's just as easy as letting the pigs eat out of the same feeder as the sow. And this study showed that. So the, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of really economic um, advantage uh, demonstrated with this study. No, it's cool because you're really hitting a welfare component. You're hitting yep. a sustainability component. Not only are we producing more with less, we're also wasting less. And then you're hitting a profitability side of things because that much weight increase at nursery is yep. going to have a profound impact on that on the back end as well. When you so, can, whenever you can do more with less, it's really a it's a home run. Yeah, so I think you deserve to say I told you so. I think anybody who's <laughs> I know my end too is when you're when you're building something and and you see it for the first time, you're usually the first one to see it. But when you yeah. see it, you see it, and it's hard to convey, and it's also not always easy to believe because everybody has something. But when everyone starts to see it, when you can start to validate it with credible research, yeah, you deserve it because it, you, yeah. you've worked hard for the industry to help move move forward. It's exciting. Thank you. It is exciting. And we're looking forward to, uh, you know, getting some more research done. Um, There's plenty plenty of other angles on this pig easy feeder. Uh, It's not only in lactation, it's in uh, grow finish, it's in the GDU. And uh, I I think we can demonstrate uh, advantages in all those areas. So we're looking forward to it. So we start off with talking about the award and then you and your family and your father. It's got to be really cool to be able to do this with your kids. What is that like? I think that's probably the, uh, really the highlight of, of everything I do is, is being able to do it with and for my family. So no doubt about it. It's, it's um, nothing better. Well, I know I've been able to interact with them and you and your family, and been a, it's been an honor. And I'd love to have you share a golden nugget or a word of wisdom that you have from your from your career, from life. It doesn't even have to be tied to pigs. But what's a word of wisdom you might share with listeners? Mm. Trust your instincts. If you're if you're observing things um, and and being objective about it. And as you say, just because nobody else sees it doesn't mean it's not there. And you just have to trust your instincts and stick with it. Awesome. Well, the last question I like to ask, and it usually catches people by surprise, but what's something unique about you that most people you, you see at these shows don't know? Um, I spend a lot of time thinking about my work, and I, I enjoy my work, so it's not work for me. And I enjoy, you know, this, uh, this is play for me is what I've been doing the last number of years. And I just really enjoy it. I'm going to say piggies is your hobby. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining the popular pig podcast. Thank you for telling us about your background, what you're doing today. And thank you very much for what you do for our industry. And congratulations again on, on that distinguished award. Thank you so much, Matthew. Great talking to you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. 